1: Hello, and thank you for tuning into the New Books Network podcast. My name is Annie Desasor, and today it is my great pleasure to speak with Lucy Swanson. Dr. Swanson is assistant professor of French at the University of Arizona. She is the author of a recent book, The Zombie in Contemporary French Caribbean Literature, published at Liverpool University Press in 2023. Lucy, thank you so much for speaking with me today.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Annie.
1: So I just want to start by asking you a little bit about your background with the French language, what brought you to study French language and literature, and how did you become interested in the French Caribbean in particular?
0: Yeah, so um, I started learning French when I was in middle school. Um, I think I was 11, so I was in seventh grade. And I um, began taking French because I had friends who were taking it before school, and Mm it sounded so cool to be able to speak the language. And so it was really just from that sort of, um, that interest in, um, in the, the, the sound of the language that got me started. Um, Mm -hmm. and I had a really wonderful, engaging first teacher there. Mm -hmm. And then throughout high school as well, I had, um, uh, one really wonderful French professor, uh, French teacher in particular, who um, really kept me engaged and exposed us to a wide variety of um, of things in the classroom. And um, then in college, I really honed in on an interest in French poetry, and mm. um, I wrote my undergraduate honors thesis on Arthur Rimbaud. And was interested and thought I wanted to pursue that during my graduate studies. Um, But then um, when I got to the University of Pennsylvania, I became interested in Caribbean literature through courses that I took with my dissertation advisor, Dr. Didi Moudileno, who is now at um, the University of Southern California. And mm-hmm. also, um, I took some courses with uh, Kofi and Yinefa, who has been a mentor who teaches at Haverford College. And um, so that's how I became interested in the the Caribbean specifically, was through um, through the literature of writers, Including René Despestres and Patrick Chamoiseau, who both also embrace um at different times a kind of uh surrealism that you can still you can also see in Arthur Rimbaud's poetry. Hmm. So that's sort of one of the connecting threads that I see through um through Rambo. to um he he really inspired uh negritude poets including Amy Césaire, as mm-hmm. well um and then more contemporary writers um as well. oh absolutely yeah that's yeah. interesting to see that connection
1: you know and kind of attention to form through poetry too that we find with yes. these authors yeah that's wonderful so what so what brought you to the topic of the figure of the zombie um uh, yes our book project <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I was always really interested in the zombie that is very widely known in the United States and and globally, um, that sort of came into being, um, we think, largely through uh, Night of the Living Dead and George Romero films, where, um, you know, although that zombie is not Uh, in Night of the Living Dead not called a zombie and Mm. it's not until later that we see that term applied. Um, I was really fascinated by that figure that's associated with a certain kind of horror Mm. Um, and then in courses uh, that I took at Penn taught by um, the professors that I I mentioned earlier um, I encountered other forms of the zombie. so um, in Patrick Chamoiseau's Chronique de cette misère, the zombie is really a voice of this memory of enslavement for uh, a, mm-hmm. a character in contemporary at that at that time um uh, 1940s Martinique. Um, And then also I took another course on the Haitian revolution and literature where I encountered um, the Haitian zombie as an enslaved um, body that's been robbed of a portion of the soul that really, again, represents um, a sort of embodied memory of enslavement in the present day. Mm -hmm. So I was really intrigued by those differing, understandings of the zombie that, that I knew and loved from, from, uh, movies and TV shows and, um, really wanted to delve deeper.
1: Yeah. So you're touching on a lot of interesting points that you develop in your book, um, here. And, and one of the things I, I noticed in your book, because you talk about, you know, it's in the title, you have the French Caribbean, and you're talking about different Caribbean contexts and, ge- and geographies, though you really focus specifically on Haiti. So I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit about the ways, the particular ways that um, the zombie is important for Haitian history and cultural heritage, but also how a comparative approach through different um, regional literatures in the caribbean um offers maybe a new perspectives on on this figure and how it's used and deployed in different ways mm-hmm.
0: yes yeah, so in haiti it's it's really um tied both to this history of enslavement but also mm-hmm. frequently is viewed as a a lens to thinking about the haitian revolution and Haitian independence in 1804. And the way that that initial shaking up of ideas of humanity and freedom and liberty, um, and really putting into question, the not putting into question, but um, showing the the holes in French ideals of mm-hmm. liberty and repub- republicanism, you know, that um, Uh, that really didn't encompass all humans Mm -hmm. Um, so that's another thing that the zombie comments on really importantly in in terms of Haitian history Mm -hmm. and then you know more recently it's come to represent Duvalier and that dictatorship in the 1960s Um, 70s and then 80s as well Um, well especially with uh, François Papadoc Duvalier in um, the 1960s Um, but it's also you know the the term zombie also Mm. represents in Martinique and Guadeloupe a shape-shifting sort of malevolent spirit or um, uh, you know kind of Um, almost a demonic figure that Amy Césaire and René Menil associate with all of the threats that the maroon or, um, you know, person fleeing the plantation, the um, enslaved runaway might encounter um, when trying to seek liberty, either Mm -hmm. or um, in the short term. And so that's something that uh, in my first chapter comes through more clearly where we see a comparison of um, a novel set in colonial Saint-Domingue or Haiti, what's now Haiti, Mm -hmm. Um, another in Martinique and another in Guadeloupe. Um, But because I think there's something about the way that the figure is so shape-shifting in Martinique and Guadeloupe, that means it's not quite as visible in that form in, Um, the literature it's not you know you can't quite um, find as Hmm. tangible traces as with the Haitian corporeal zombie where you get these clear figures um, that leave traces in the literature Hmm. and so um, it it But, but at the same time, we see how, um, this idea of the Haitian corporeal zombie seems to inflect some of these novels from Martinique and Guadeloupe, um, and allow us to think about how the culture of Haiti has served as inspiration for writers from the French Antilles as well, Hmm. which remain part of France today. Right.
1: Yeah. So you're, you, you're mentioning your first chapter, um, And I have a question about how your chapters are organized um, in the book, because you establish each chapter uh, focuses on one category of these figures of the zombie in Caribbean literature, the slave... Um, the zombie as the figure of mental illness, the zombie horde or group like collective, and then the popular zombie, which you talk about in your last chapter. And um, we can touch on these figures in greater detail with um, some chapter specific questions, but I'm just curious from a methodological perspective, how you came about identifying these categories. Was this for you? Because you're talking about this difference between the corporeal zombie and maybe more shape-shifting, almost... Um, figurative zombie figures. Um, so were these, did these appear to you to be necessary categories or obvious categories, or did you have to really wrestle to identify them? And I'm also curious if there are zombie figures that, d- that don't fit into these categories that you looked at in your research.
0: Mm-hmm. So I first, um, you know, studied these different texts in my dissertation and the avatars of the zombie as they call call them in the book don't appear there um except the zombie horde and so Mm -hmm. it was something that came later although you know it in in my dissertation um introduction i was already thinking about um these sort of this this typology of the zombie Mm -hmm. um but that was thinking more you know okay we have the sort of cannibal zombie or Romero style zombie. Um, we have um, different versions of the zombie in Haiti, one that's more a spirit and then this, this bodily one. Um, and then the zombie in Martinique and Guadeloupe. Um, but it wasn't until later when I was working on um, trying to draft a book proposal, you know, really before mm-hmm. the book, of course, had even been finished as, as we do um, that I, I, started to sense these other threads after I had sort of sat with the material a bit longer. So Mm -hmm. the horde was really evident because it's something that's so um, ever-present in our conception of the zombie now through films like, again, uh, Night of the Living Dead, um, Mm. World War Z, and things like that. Um, And and it's also something very obvious in these Haitian texts. Um, And then... The other um, forms of zombie came um, after the fact. So the zombie is a figure of mental illness. Um, I'm trying to remember how that became apparent. At at one point when I was looking back, it just seemed very obvious to me. You know, it was just Mm. something where I had an aha moment years later, Mm. um, even though it's not something that has been really discussed at all. And it really... um, just allowed an interesting entry point into thinking about this question of kind of solving the zombie and figuring out what's real what's supernatural um and those sorts of questions um and similarly uh i Delved deeper into some works that I hadn't discussed much in the dissertation, including um, Jean-Claude Fignolet's Aube Tranquille, in which there's, um, the, set during the, the lead up to the Haitian Revolution, um, there's a woman named Tucuma who has this band of avenging zombies that she brings forth Um and uses to um, get revenge on someone who, um, who assaulted her. So mm. um, also by d- d- sort of remixing and look, thinking back again at these texts, uh, different, mm. um, these different avatars came through more clearly for me. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, you do a really great job in the book of, of art making that case and really illustrating how they, how they operate in these different ways. Um, and you're mentioning because you've mentioned a couple of times now the Night of the Living Dead, but also other classic horror films mm-hmm. um and video games, you know the last of us, for instance, you you mentioned at one point um different you know Western representations of of the zombie. It's something I really appreciated in your book how you show how this um the figure of the zombie in Western popular culture um, is brought into dialogue with these literary zombies mm-hmm. um, in Caribbean literary texts and um so i'm wondering can you speak a little bit about broadly how you show how your authors in your study are responding to interacting with and perhaps also resisting these narratives um in popular culture
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so i think with um it was really digging deep into these tropes that come through um as with the case of the zombie as a figure of mental illness, there seem to be some really clear responses and moments of, um, for instance, analysis of the zombie, where they're saying, oh, but, you know, um, it's just, like, and I walked with a zombie, there's a moment where they, Mm -hmm. um, which is a really wonderful, um, thoughtful American zombie film, they're trying to diagnose there's a nurse trying to diagnose uh, the zombie character um and they show or you know a, a medical doctor says oh it's it's a tropical fever you know we can try to treat her with um you know insulin shock therapy and things like that um and then um you see how this is brought up then um this idea of the zombie being, um, institutionalized, for instance, Mm. um, by writers like, uh, jacques and Alexis, and then later, um, René Despestres as well, who then, um, René Despestres has an interesting case of, uh, sort of two zombie women, one of whom, uh, frees herself from being zombified, um, sort of through, um, a return to um a sort of dreamscape or sort of like delving deeper into her imagination but then you have another zombie who um is fully zombified and um who but then is treated by psychiatrists so mm. you have these clear moments where um you know in one case it might um initially seem very obviously um, scientific, mm. um, in the way that um, this setup of the zombie woman um, being diagnosed and treated is, um, you know, presented, and then um, that sort of um, key scene can then be repeated by other writers, and that's how. I feel like it becomes obvious that they're interpreting and engaging with these other narratives of um, zombification. Hmm. So, so here you're talking about your second
1: chapter, mostly. Um, Yes. Right. So, and, and in that chapter, yeah, you, you talk about this history in Western medicine, Really, and in sci- sci- psychiatry, to try to understand what is the condition of this, like how can we rationalize it, how can we diagnose it, um, what is really going on here? And and I was surprised to learn that there were actual a lot, actually a lot of like studies and books, even as recently as I think that 1980s um, about kind of demystifying or explaining the belief system around uh, around zombies and voodoo. Yes. Um, yeah so so that was really interesting to learn about in your book but it but you know you you're you're talking about how authors are kind of offering different perspectives and critiquing this this notion of um well what I think you have this this expression the path pathologization of haitians and voodoo in in this kind of western perspective mm-hmm. um so in it you in that chapter you suggest that voodoo and psychiatric medicine in some narratives in some literary narratives that you study um are seen as as a way of of diagnosing and and curing but in a in a in a non-western way um so could you speak a little bit about how that works how that plays out in that chapter
0: yes absolutely so um this was one of the sort of trickier chapters to put together just from the standpoint of like organization and figuring out how to fit all these, um, key parts together. Uh, because what i initially look at is are these early representations, like I mentioned, I walked with a zombie, mm-hmm. um, which is from 1943. Um, and then, um, even the first zombie film I walked with a zombie, uh, from 1932 is, um, incorporating ideas about hypnotism and mesmerism and scholars have have studied this which was once used as a treatment for hysteria Hmm. um and then um and then there are some other texts as well William C. Brooks the magic island uh, just the slew of a really early um occupation era so during the uh, texts published during the U.S. occupation of Haiti um that are really concerned with Um, you know, first of all, this uh, way of diagnosing the zombie, Um, is it, you know, what's the reality of the sort of supernatural versus the scientific explanation? Hmm. Um, But then they also reveal this way of um, thinking about modern psychiatric medicine and surgeries including lobotomies and anxiety mm. around that and the sort of unknown um regarding mental illness mental health um, and these and these treatments um but then they're they're taken up again um as i begin to alluded to uh, to allude to by haitian writers who are um bringing up these moments of of diagnosis problematizing them And then Mm. often, um, in certain cases, suggesting that, um, the zombie is not mentally ill, you know, zombification can't be explained as just, oh, Mm. that person is mentally ill. Um, (laughs) but in fact, the sort of trauma of the enslavement of zombification Mm. or of the mistreatment, the abuse, um, is what creates the mental illness. And then, um, and the final case study, each of my um you know, chapters, as you know, has um three literary case studies by by writers. Um, and the final one Gérard Chenet's Transfoudou d'Haïti pour Amélie Chéri, in which the um apparent zombie woman is um assaulted and enslaved by a US Marine. Mm. And so zombification is really about um, U.S. occupation and, um, you know, arguably ongoing, um, negative present presence of, um, uh, U.S. intervention in Haiti. Um, but Mm -hmm, mm then the healing, like you alluded to, really takes place through Vodou, Vodou ceremonies, um, where the gods are invoked. So, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, this character Amélie invokes, um, becomes uh, so sort of ridden or possessed by Ogu, the god of war, who is really intimately tied to the Haitian revolution and um, mm. this idea of liberating Haiti. And and that's one of the moments that allows her to um, sort of de uh herself um, and and mm. um, uh, regain her mental health, um, through voodoo ceremony.
1: Mm, fascinating. Yeah. I really enjoyed your discussion of that, of that narrative because, um, it's also linking, it's also one that discusses, you know, um, different forms of violence. So kind of alluding to, as you said, like the U S occupation of Haiti, but also through sexual violence. Um, in, because I believe there's a case of, of rape that happens in that novel. Um, and that brings me to think about also your, your first chapter, which really delves into, which talks about the, the slavery period and kind of the link between, um, that seems quite strong between the figure of the zombie and the enslaved person. Um, And so I'm wondering if you could elaborate a bit more and provide some examples of how um, the zombie and slavery are linked in the novels that you study Mm -hmm. and how these works are um, depicting these different forms of Violence through slavery um, d- during the slavery period, through the zombie narrative, whether it be physical violence, racial violence, of course, gendered violence, and even discursive violence, you talk about quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but also how these works are reimagining different, um, you know, the the relationship between slavery and and the figure of the zombie in in new ways.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a um, really interesting question sorry there are several parts to that i think yes so. <laughs> yes yeah. if i forget anything please feel free to um, sure. to remind me yeah so um you know what's what's interesting about the zombie is as i said already often it's kind of a figure an embodiment embodiment of um this history of enslavement or um you know walking haitian history in a way in the present moment and so these three writers that I study, it's interesting to see them, you know, take these figures back and have them be, um, you know, very literally um, victims of uh, the transatlantic slave trade, um, in addition to being zombified. Mm-hmm. And so it almost seems to be like this this um, double enslavement. But then mm-hmm. in each case, there's also this way of pushing back against that idea of um you know often in in haitian myth there's uh or legends there's sort of this tension between the zombies lack of ability to revolt mm-hmm. and to um you know, fight against its enslavement since the zombie is thought of as mindless and having been literally robbed of the portion of its soul containing will. Hmm. Um, But uh, for instance, Jean-Claude Fignolet, who I already alluded to, his uh, novel Aube Tranquille, which should be coming out soon in translation as Quiet Dawn, um, translated by Kama Glover and Laurent Dubois, um, you know, has this figure that uses... A zombie horde to avenge um a rape uh so the the character tukuma who has this you know kind of wields this zombie horde to do her bidding um uh has them kill uh this character named bonbon who um who raped her um and so it's really an act of avenging sexual violence which is Mm. particularly intriguing because a lot of these stories of um female zombies are about making them into sex slaves Mm. and it's about um sort of racial taboo or like colorism um and class dynamics and sort of women who are desired but kind of out of reach of uh male characters who zombify them Mm. um and, and so here it's interesting that it's really um, the zombie is kind of uh, exacting the opposite kind of a vengeance. Um, but there's also a character who is an enslaved woman who is um, raped and made a zombie by the Maroons
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, who are upset with her um because she colluded with um, with the uh, white planter who raped her, so very sort of complicated uh, mm. narrative. Um, and then, but then there are some other. Um, in the case of uh, Patrick Chamoiseau's uh, *Chronique des Miseres, um the zombie is um, killed uh, by his master over a pot of gold. Mm. And, um becomes this sort of,, uh, like you said, discursive form of um, resistance. So he's a zombie, but then resists by carrying on this narrative of enslavement for uh, 20th century uh, Martinique who is unaware of this history. Mm. Uh, and then,, um, you know, sort of tries to find the pot of gold, and of course, it's its story instead. So
1: mm. yeah. Yeah, that that's interesting how you are really highlighting how the zombie yeah these different understandings of the zombie are you know as as passive as being not having agency are are really um mo- like they're they're reappropriated by these authors and 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 made into figures of agency and resistance mm-hmm. in interesting ways. Thank you for that. Yeah, and and you mentioned the zombie horde, which you really uh, focus on specifically in your later in your third chapter. And it seems like there's a bit of a a shift in your book too between the first two chapters are more kind of looking at historical representations or um, reimagining history through through the figure, um, and also yeah, with that question of mental illness and and pathology and 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 diagnosis as it's linked to spirituality as well. But in the latter half of your book, you kind of turn more to the political sphere. Um, mm-hmm. And in your discussion of the the zombie horde, you're focusing on kind of representations of um, groups of zombies as um, sociopolitical allegories um, for collective kind of struggle or collective agency during the Duvalier, uh, dictatorship and regime. So can you, can you elaborate a bit about that link between this particular time period? Because I believe you're focusing really on, um, texts from the mid seventies to the mid nineties that are like texts written during this time are thinking about the zombie in new ways. Um, so how is that linked to what's going on during, during the, the Papadoc era?
0: Yes so it's interesting uh, first of all that these texts uh, representing the zombie horde in Haitian fiction are being published at the same time roughly or just a few years after Night of the Living Dead and this other Mm -hmm. conception of the zombie where the zombie um, spreads you know through a bite or through a virus Um, and but in in the case of Haiti it's Due to, like you mentioned, the context of the Duvalier dictatorship, um, François Duvalier himself used Vaudu as a tool of intimidation, and so he was widely associated with um, Bocot, who which are um, people who use um, Vaudu sort of for nefarious purposes instead of um you know what we think of like i mentioned the healing um you know religious uh, connotations that we might think of um and so uh you know there were rumors that he had a zombie zombie armies and um would zombify his victims and things like this so mm-hmm. um the zombie was a really powerful symbol for mm. critiquing and representing that context. Um, and it also was a way for writers like, um, Frank Etienne, uh, his novel Des Affis, which he rewrote twice, um, once in French, Les Affres d'un défis, which is the, the version that I study in my book. Um, and then another uh, sort of rewriting as desafi um he, as well um both of those versions are in haitian creole um mm-hmm. his text is very he has this very um dense uh repetitive um novel that eventually coalesces into this narrative of a zombie revolt so the zombies represent um well it's it's widely symbolic but but one way of reading it is the zombies who are living in fear of francois Duvalier, um mm-hmm. and eventually rise against their zombifier um and uh and um kill him and his henchmen who might symbolize um the Tonton mm-hmm. macoute the militia of Duvalier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um but, uh, and it can have, you know, other, other symbolism as well, but really has widely been read as, as a way of reflecting on DuVelli's dictatorship, but he was writing from within Haiti at that time. Mm. And so using the symbol makes it, um, and, and through his uh, style that's associated with the literary, literary movement of um, spiralism, mm. uh, it's a way for him to sort of hide some of this meaning and get away with mm. publishing this kind of text, um, in the mid 1970s, um, while sort of like critiquing, uh, Haitian politics from within.
1: Yeah, that's such a fascinating point because it would be, yeah, such a dangerous position to take, I think at that time. Um, so, you know, what literary structures and devices were authors using to sort of, create or to articulate a political critique in a time of extreme violence and duress Mm -hmm. um yeah that's fascinating um and you talk about that you you really illustrate well i think how the zombie becomes a symbol of different types of conflicts it you know that are both internet like intranational and and Mm -hmm. international so within Haiti itself, um, and also in the cold war context and internationally and kind of the role that Haiti plays during this, during this time on the global scale. Um, and so, yeah, you're kind of, you're, reading of the horde as like a political sort of a socio political allegory. I think he operates on many different levels, mm-hmm. um, that I found really fascinating. Um, and also in your, um, your final chapter, you, you focus, it, it, it's, it's, it's also different in, in several key ways. You focus on one particular author, um, Gary Victor, who's written novels, but also screenplays. Um, and so different types of, of media and genres, um, that you engage with. And you're also making this argument that his work is shifting, kind of is, is deplacing a little bit, the zombie from this, this figure that's sort of operating on the limits of Mm -hmm. the sociopolitical realm to, uh, to being in the center. And so you're talking about this notion of the popular zombie. So can you elaborate a bit on what you mean by popular zombie and how that functions in, in his work and in a way that's different from the rest?
0: Yeah. So, um, so thinking about the popular zombie, um, it, both refers to, like you mentioned, the sort of popular genre. A lot of the other texts are very highbrow and then um sort of popular forms of media as well. So that's where I do delve some into film and also um uh serialized novel as well. Um and but it also really represents the zombie as a way of thinking about, you know, quote unquote the people, um, the mm-hmm. masses and Whereas the zombie is, as you said, very marginalized in other, the other forms of fiction, you know, zombie, it might be literally, um, an enslaved person. Um, so someone who has been robbed of their humanity and their social status, um, uh, there, it might be, you know, some, a figure of mental illness, so very, uh, um, sort of a figure, again, at the margins of society. Um, Mm. But here, it's really uh, the zombie, you know, runs for president in (laughs) uh, the film Les Amours d'un Zombie, or the zombie uh, gains superpowers by its ability, its association with the night and with death. That's something that really allows it to resist. Um, Mm. Or in uh, the series Le Revenant, um, the zombie also becomes... Um, as well as in the the really long novel La Piste des Sortilèges, which draws very deeply on Haitian um sort of what we might call folk culture, or popular beliefs. Um, mm. it also is uh, the the sort of sole protector of um the Haitian people. Mm. Um Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, did I answer the question? Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm yeah, sorry.
1: no, right, right, because right, that that actually really does show it clearly. I think kind of how even just the the ways the zombie is represented is much more kind of in the center of popular culture, but also does that mean, I mean, would you say that, um, in terms of the reception of these works, and I was also thinking about this when you mentioned language and, Mm -hmm. um, works that are maybe published in both kind of more like, you know, literary French, classical French and Haitian Creole are these, would you say that Victor's works are more widely read? And I am assuming with film and TV and that kind of thing, they're more perhaps viewed and well-known, but what, um, I guess just in the kind of the different authors that you look at what is the role of creole um, and to what degree are these texts or which ones are being actually you know consumed by Haitian um, people and readers um, or are some texts kind of addressing more um, a global francophone audience maybe um, yeah
0: yeah um, so Gary Victor is is often pretty widely referred to as one of the most popular writers in Haiti. Um, And I think, uh, you know, some of that is the sort of like blending of genres and the fact that, you know, like um, with a film, you can have, you know, the, the film is primarily in Haitian Creole in the, with the dialogue. Um, but Mm -hmm. then you can also have subtitles, um, in, um, as I think the version I got subtitles in Spanish or, um, or French as well. So it can be, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, really accessible to a wide audience in in that sense, and including in the diaspora as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, and his serialized novel was also something that was available, um, was part of an insert in, a um, uh, the Nouvelliste, uh, newspaper. Oh, so, yeah. um, something that might be more accessible as well. Um, mm. and then, you know, it's interesting otherwise, so, uh Frank Etienne's, um, novels uh I think the first I think I have one of the early editions where it was published in Port-au-Prince um but it's true that some of the other novels are published um in France by Gallimard you know mm-hmm. if we work in francophone studies we know that that's often where a lot of the publishing houses are located um and other authors like René Despestre has been Um, accused of sort of auto-exoticism in his discussion of Haiti since he lived so long in exile. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think that definitely is something that, um, you know, Gary Victor's um, position as a popular writer in Haiti also plays into that notion of of the popular. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I think he engages in different ways with um different Haitian audiences and and Mm -hmm. also diasporic audiences as well um but uh, he also gives a really incisive critique of Haitian culture that I think um a lot a lot of different um moments in his works that I think are really um interesting and in that I think uh probably speak especially to a Haitian audience. Hmm. That's something that um scholars like Marie José Nzengou Tailleau have spoken about as well.
1: Oh great. That yeah. really interesting. Um, and also speaking about the diaspora, um, you also discussed Danny Laferrière um, and some of his works a bit and you link you kind of point to how both victor and la Ferrière, in your view are um you know in terms of what brings them together maybe in their um, use of zombie narratives that they're both critiquing um, western appropriations including these kind of like more popular well-known um films that we've come mm-hmm. to you know love and consume in the western world so can you speak a little bit about how they're di- how that works for them like how they're sort of maybe taking back the zombie or pointing to this appropriation of the zombie.
0: Yes. And I think um, in the case of La Laferriere, well, and I think in the case of both of them, they're also kind of um, critiquing discourses within Haitian fiction sometimes as well. And, and um, mm. so I think uh, they might be doing both. Um, mm. And in the case of Danny Laferriere, um I talk about his novel Pays sans chapeau, where there is definitely a very clear critique of what you what you mentioned. Um, you know, even newspapers like the New York Times and uh, the Miami Herald reproducing these ideas of Haiti as a land of zombies mm-hmm. and of an army of you know having an army of zombies um, in Haiti. Um, but in his novel uh you know in most of these other novels, you eventually kind of see a real zombie at the level of of the plot itself. Um, but uh the narrator of Pison Chapeau of Jesuszo just is constantly seeking out the truth behind the zombies and ultimately the stories just get more and more overblown and so it's, the sort of horde of zombie stories in and of themselves, um, mm-hmm. that just continue to proliferate and, um, get bigger and more far-fetched, um, and that never really amount to anything. So I think he's really, ultimately, there's this, this sort of end of meaning, um, where hmm. they don't, uh, suggest anything, um, anymore. Interesting. So the zombie narratives
1: become their own zombie horde. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I like that. Um. Um. And I also wanted to talk about uh, you, your book is really framed in your introduction and your conclusion with contemporary events. And there's been quite a lot to discuss, which you do um, in recent history. And um, I'm wondering if you can speak just a little bit about how um, the zombie narrative is is reimagined and also continues to be relevant in a post earthquake Haiti um mm-hmm. following the devastating 2010 earthquake um and how um authors in in Haiti but also throughout the Caribbean were thinking about this devastating event through the zombie um figure but also I'm thinking about how in your conclusion you gesture to its um relevance and its um polyvalence perhaps in broader kind of narratives of the global south including um the recent film uh, atlantique which thinks about um uh, migration and through the figure of the zombie um and other narratives as well so i just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit with you
0: yeah and that's something that actually since the conclusion i've um played with a little bit more in giving talks uh, related to the book. Um, and um, thinking about how in uh, works like Gary Victor's Soreau, um he uses the zombie as a way to critique NGO intervention, in Haiti following the earthquake and suggest, you know, it's almost like another way of um a new sort of necropolitics um way of uh you know capitalizing on Haitian disaster um internationally. And we can also see that um we can see in other ways though, um like uh I mentioned in my conclusion Bertrand Bonello's zombie child Mm -hmm. which is really interesting because it has all these very um elusive references to things like um uh the um post-independence era in haiti and the way that um so in in that film the earthquake kind of suggests the ways that These former, these past events in Haiti keep sort of resurfacing, um, in a way that is alluded to through the idea of the the earthquake. Hmm. Um, And in Atlantique, we also see. um, I think there are a couple concepts that suggest you know this is not necessarily these are not zombie figures, but as Hmm. I lay out. I think there are these really poignant echoes with the zombie that we see in the film Atlantique um, with these sort of revenants mm-hmm. that also are tied to both contemporary questions of migration in a neo-colonial Senegal, um, mm-hmm. West Africa, which is also where we think um, about places like Gorée Island, yeah. which was... Uh, sort of a um point of um that slave ships departed from for the Antilles right. um, so it really has these resonances with the zombie and the zombies ties to enslavement but also these sort of trans um Atlantic migrations that mm-hmm. uh, also you know quite possibly led to the origins of the zombie myth itself.
1: Mm fascinating. Thank you so
0: much for that, Lucy. um
1: before before I let you go, um, I want to ask you about what you're currently working on um, or maybe how this project is leading to new projects um, and what what we can expect to read from you next.
0: Yes, so right now I'm working on very early stages of my second book on contemporary, reimaginings of other iconic figures of, um, the colonial period in, um, in, uh, Saint-Domingue, but also in, um, Martinique and Guadeloupe as well. So thinking about, um, enslaved resistance figures, including Macandale, um, there are, um, figures like um a midwife um figured, featured in Rosalie l'infemme by Evelyn who, um who is known for having committed infanticide to mm. spare um children from enslavement um and other figures like that as well and I'm interested in how these Historical figures are taken up in contemporary works, both fiction, literary fiction, and also thinking um, of other forms of media as well, video games, bande dessinée, and how those become sort of new um, sites of memory or way of ways of responding to correcting archival and historical silences.
1: Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. That sounds like a very important and relevant topic um, today to to think about. Well, Lucy, thank you so much. It's really been a great pleasure for me. I really enjoyed reading your book and I enjoyed speaking with, with you about it even more. So thank you so much and best of luck to you for your
0: research uh, moving forward. Thank you so much, Annie, and thank you for your insightful questions. I really enjoyed speaking with you as well. My pleasure.